Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? So Mandy and I have been walking through a mini marriage series. As we've learned to navigate through open communication with our kids, we're finding that we need to put just as much attention in this area toward our spouses. And we hear that a lot from people. They're like, I'm working on this with my kid. And I realize, oh my goodness, I don't even have this type of relationship or open communication with my husband or my wife. So that's why we've been doing a lot of these marriage series to meet the need and because we're walking through it too. It is an on-the-go, everyday kind of thing, not only with your kids, but with your spouse. So we did a show about 10 things my spouse needs to know. That was good. Um, Just some 10 points that right away you can get the conversation started with your husband or wife. Um, Matt and Mandy, they covered the need for transparency, patience, and forgiveness when you need to talk about those things that just really irritate you about your spouse. You know, those little things that people are like, well, it's not that big of a deal, but they build up over time. And you and I, Charles, we did something similar to that and they did another spin on it. So that's a really fun show. Make sure you listen to that one. Um, And today I gave Mandy the day off. I was like, get out of here, girlfriend. Go, run, play, do your thing. And I've invited my husband back on this show which I love doing. You're my favorite person. And we are going to tackle wiring. You're wired differently than I am, period. That's it. It it just is what it is. It is what it is. Right. And so when we talk about wiring, I think that's what we talk about, those natural tendencies of like, um, of course, like uh, we have different anatomy, uh, but there's there's (laughs) definitely natural differences between men and women. But we're just talking about like the way that we're wired, like our go-tos, our natural tendencies are just very, very different. And this is not just going to be like a male-female differences hour. We're just going to kind of share, I think, what we feel are going to be like our biggest tendencies and how we're wired differently. And hopefully some, some couples out there can connect to that. Yeah. And if yours are different or even opposite than ours, because we're talking in generalities here about two that really stand out that we see in a lot of couples, but yours may be opposite. Or maybe you have other things that are even harder to navigate. I think the principles at the end of the day are going to be the same. So hang in there. We've got some good stuff for you. Um, I, yeah, I think w- as we were preparing for this, one of the funniest stories that never came to mind for me, but you pinpointed, was how we met. It's a right. great example of how we're wired different. Yeah, and it's always interesting to hear people ask that question. And I, I always look at Kim <laughs> to hear her response. And I was like, Kim, why don't you tell everybody how we met? Because I, <clears throat> it's this inside joke that we have, really. Because the first time that we actually met, Kim doesn't remember. And I had to remind her, like, well, actually, when we first met, like, and I'll, and I'll be very uh, honest with this. The first time that we met, I saw my beautiful future wife uh, in the downstairs lobby of the dorm room that I was staying at in the, in the college that we were both going to. First day of school, right? Uh, it was close to it. Yeah. I don't know if it was the first day or checking in and, you know, we're kind of getting our dorm room situated and whatnot. And um you were checking out a vacuum from yep. the downstairs lobby desk and I came out of an elevator or stairwell and I see you there and it was like getting struck by a lightning. <laughs> it was like, ba-bam. And uh, I just uh, never been the same since, really. Um, but, you know, I looked at you and I knew 
that my life was going to be different after that. Oh. Even if we never met, like, you know, after that, it was just my life was better just, just by seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> and it really was. It was just this immediate. Keep like, talking. Keep talking. Uh, I'm loving it. You know, but that's how it was. And then, but because when I introduced myself to you after that, Obviously, I am not as visually striking as you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll admit it. I am not. That is not true. I am not a very memorable person. Oh, stop it. However, but uh, but because like, I mean, and that was the first time. I think there was maybe even another time that I actually tried to approach you and introduce myself to you. But it really wasn't until like the third time that I think that you remembered me uh, <laughs> and remembered that being like our first meeting. So it's really this ongoing, I think, kind of a joke. It's embarrassing because you had to remind me of your name for a long time. And that's okay. And it was totally worth it. I think guys out there, <laughs> if you are way out of your league and you know it, you will admit to the value of perseverance. Uh, and that woman that you have next to you right now, uh, it was definitely worth it. Uh, but because like they're not, or at least, you know, Kim is not as wired visually as I am. I had to woo her. I had to romance her in different ways that really made a connection to her emotion. You know, she didn't have to do anything. She was just there. And uh, that's sometimes that's just how guys or at least me, that's how we're wired with how how visually oriented men are. You know, if you look at, you know, I love going to car shows with with uh, with buddies of mine and just looking at cars. I would never really buy one of those and Mm -hmm. I would never want to really drive one. You know, they kind of look uncomfortable, but there's just so much beauty in a car that's been like well-maintained, it has a great paint job, it has, you know, lots of bells and whistles on it and all those other things. And, uh, and that's the only thing that we do. You go to a car show just to look. That's true. You know, there's nothing else. They're not, nobody at a car show is really trying to sell their car. Mm-hmm. Nobody's at a car show trying to get you to drive their car. It's just like, hey, I want you to look and see how wonderfully beautiful this car is. And, that's, and it's all guys. Now, there's a few girls that go there, you know, some some loving spouses that attend uh, and, and whatnot just to sort of tolerate their husband's, uh, you know, intricacies. But, you know, if you look at like car shows, that is like a prime example, I think, of like how guys and girls are so wired just so differently. Well, and that's our first point is, you know, he is visual, visually driven and I'm emotion driven. So in that same story you know, of us meeting, I don't remember which we need to tell the truth here. My <laughs> husband has blue eyes. He's tall, handsome, muscular. He is striking, but I don't remember any of that um, at all. I don't remember meeting him the first few times. I do remember this weird guy that I thought was a stalker, <laughs> which I think is you, um, that I finally got to know. And when I finally made the connection was when we started talking, when we started having this communication where I got to see his heart and how smart he is and funny and he made me laugh and he cared about things and he was respectful to women. Then all of a sudden he was the most attractive man I had ever seen in my life. It was that emotional connection to him that I had first. And then I was like, oh my goodness, and you're good looking. It was like the afterthought. Um, <laughs> so I was like, this is like a bonus. Like you're amazing and good looking. So it, it's an opposite initial response and attraction. And the way that we process things is totally different. Right. Two people, same environment, same experience, but experiencing it differently. Yeah. And I think it's just important for everyone just to kind of, it, it's okay that we're wired differently. Yes. Right. And it's, uh, you know, we're going to always, I'm always going to, that's going to be my initial go-to is going to be maybe the visual. It's always going to get my attention first. And the fact that you understand that and that you're okay with that. And, that yeah. and then I also know that that's not how you're wired. Right. That also like helps a lot. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of men enjoy that, 
uh, those salary driven kind of jobs. I think some of that is, you know, maybe because there's a little bit more risk and there's a little bit more, um, I guess, edge to those kind of jobs. It makes it a little bit more fun to have. But really, when you have like those salary driven sales type positions, uh, there's a you're looking at that car in the lot that you're trying to sell. Yeah. or You're looking at that house that you're trying to sell. There's a visual uh, reminder of there's there's your commission. There's your percentage that's attached to that every sale. It goes into your bank account. It's almost like that immediately. I wish I could get paid every day. Yes. You know, I wish I could. And it was. You like, would be so motivated. Absolutely. Yeah. And seeing that every day or like, you know, I think that's why, um, you know, paying down debt quickly, like, and, you know, we follow like those baby steps kind of things with mm-hmm. Ramsey is like, it's like, there's that immediate, like, boom, 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 boom. You see it. It makes it a connection to, uh, to me. And it really kind of sinks in. Whereas the opposite of that is, so you're being paid daily, monthly, whatever it might be. The way it is motivating for me to say, bye, have a great day at work and be away from you all day. What motivates me is I'm like, look at these pillows on the couch now that I have that make the room feel inviting for my family. <laughs> look at the way that our house is taken care of or that we have the food that we need to eat that's healthy and wholesome or whatever it is. It's um, creating a comfort level and a space that's safe for our family. Not that those aren't important to you, but that's what motivates me to say, let's go make some more money. There you go. It's the emotional connection right. um, that gives me the motivation. So again, there's another good example for you of how um, those two are different. Um, and the, you know, the visual you hear most of the time associated with just like a sexual drive. Mm-hmm. That gets talked about, talked about a lot in regular media and whatnot. And it's true. I mean, that's oh, important yeah. that we acknowledge that too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just it's very, I mean, it's so obvious. We don't really need to even go. There's like, restaurant chains that are based solely yes. on visual they're very very poor food choices at these places <laughs> but they're like packed with with uh, with men of all ages and they, they pretend to be like family establishments i'm not saying that they're not but you know the whole reason why people are going there is because there's an allure of the visual yeah you know and i don't know can i say cleavage on the you radio? can say cleavage, okay so yes. <laughs> cleavage i think is probably the best example mm-hmm. of the power of the visual there's no nudity in cleavage Right. Right. In fact, cleavage isn't even a body part. Cleavage is like the gap between two. It's like a fold. It, okay. It is a space. It's a space. It's a space. It's nothing, right? really. It really is, it is like the <laughs> empty space. But really, to a guy, cleavage is like a wonderment of possibilities. <laughs> you know, it really is. And it's just because of the, the, the visual that that creates in the mind mm-hmm. of a male is just, um, well... It's it's enough to make you spend money and go to a restaurant on some that, saucy wings, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Upset your stomach and, later, yeah, and really make bad choices later on because yes. of it, right? Um, but I mean, that's that is the whole allure, right? And it it's is. Just, and, and I think uh, you know, it, it really it, it's sad to say it almost kind of makes guys feel like or at least seem like really shallow. But that's just how we're wired. We're just mm-hmm. really geared towards that visual, um, you know, kind of attraction to things. At least that's kind of like what keeps us you know, going. And, and I told you this before, and I, I want to, you know, everybody else to kind of hear that guys are so drawn to the visual that if I'm driving down the road and I see somebody jogging, it could be a guy or a girl. Yeah. But if they're just jogging and they're like, let's say like, if it's a guy and the shirt is off and he's like really ripped and well-maintained and he's just, you know, jogging out there, I'm going to stare, you yes. know, and it's not in a sexual way. It's just going to be in a way that be like, wow, that guy is really well put together. There's a certain amount of, uh, just visual interest uh, yeah. in that, you know, it's so true. And uh, and yeah, girls will, and of course, you know, girls will stare at it too, or maybe look too. But like, but the guys in general, we just naturally will like kind of take a look and maybe. You look to appreciate. We look to compare. 
That's generally what women do. Yeah. We, we're looking, we're like, well, I'll mm. compare myself to the yeah. shit this one or two. <laughs> and be like, golly, I would never get to that point. Uh, <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, well, that, no kids. Yeah, I probably won the lottery or something. You know? <laughs> Let's just tell ourselves that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do anyway. You know, the, under, the other side of that, as we were talking through this show, um, that I think makes a really good point. I read a study once about the scent of your deep relationship or husband's underarm so <laughs> yeah, I remember that. calms a woman greatly like mm-hmm. scientifically they did this study and they had men put on their regular do the regular routine whether it was deodorant no deodorant whatever the sweat and the scent that was created that's <laughs> unique and individual to your person for a woman has an incredibly calming effect on their emotions it's like that closeness and the scent of the familiar, that emotional connection to this is my person through scent, calms the emotion. Mm. So, again, the emotion for women is so strong that even the scent is important. Yeah. It's crazy. That is kind of crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because most scents, especially like my natural underarm scent, would mostly turn me away. And I and actually yeah, like it. I'm repulsed by my own body. <laughs> Not uh, like you're nasty when you're no, working but, out. But, but, you, but the study kind of said like there's a comfort level that yes. even, even if it doesn't smell great, like it's not a perfumey or cologne type of smell. It's, it's that connection that goes along with it. Yes. I'm just sort of like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird. But the, you know, the bottom line of that is women are always seeking comfort, familiarity, and stability, right. even in a scent. So it's that deeply ingrained in us. So you have this emotional need to connect. Yep. And I have this immediately wired in, built-in visual connection. So how do, we, how do we bring those two together? You know, I think the first things we have to do is ask ourselves the question, where do we naturally go and then when do we actually meet? How do we make those come together? How do we find a balance? Um, you know, for us, really recognizing what drives you, you know, through the visual and, you know, what is important to help you feel uh, like you're in a good space. And the same for me. And where does that meet? And a good example of that is like with work, balancing work. And Mm -hmm. I know a a lot of couples deal with this. Um, You need to be able to work hard and do your job well, because again, you're visually um, stimulated or visually encouraged by the result of that, Mm -hmm. immediate result of that. And so I need to understand that you need to put some extra time maybe in work or you need to be a way to work harder on work later at night a few times a week. On the other side of that, though, I need to know that you are committed to more of an emotional connection time. So maybe the balance for that in a realistic sense or a practical sense is that we say, okay, during the work week, if you need to work extra or late, that's fine. Why don't you FaceTime us just so we can see your face before bedtime or we Mm -hmm. can see your face, you know, and have that emotional connection with Mm -hmm. you or that we commit that the weekends are time to reconnect as a family. Yeah. Speaking of the visual, like having your uh, nothing like will jolt my day like into perspective than like having a FaceTime video with my kids. Yes. Having like a very stressful moment. And then like if you FaceTime me, like all that kind of goes away. It's so neat Mm -hmm. just to see my family like real like instantly. It's just like. They instant all the worries and stress it like instantly goes away. Yeah, it's pretty interesting like that, you know. And then also knowing like how you're wired with that emotional side of things. Like as much as I visually want to see you, you know, in a very intimate way. Yes. And I know for you to kind of be in that same spot with me, I just need to see you. Yeah. And then that's it. That's all I really need. But I know that you need more of that romance. You need more of that connection. Mm -hmm. And I also need to kind of 
uh, chip away at some of those other things that are taking your attention and your emotion away mm -hmm. in order for you to kind of be on that same level with me. Yep. Uh, so that's one of the things that we have kind of worked on, I guess you could say, and understand about each other yep. as we've gotten married and as we've gotten together and have understood each other a lot longer. Um, but that's definitely been a struggle because the visual is immediate for me. But I need to know that, you know, I need to remember and understand that that's not how you're wired. Right. It's, right. you know, I learned years ago that you need nudity and I need romance. <laughs> that's about <laughs> that's as just, simple as it gets. That's what it boils down to. And uh, this happened, <laughs> all of this understanding through a lot of conversation, which is not easy. It's hard to carve out space for. It's hard to tell your spouse, you know, hey, let's, let's talk about this thing. But it's what gets you to that place where you function as a team mm -hmm. and where you both find, um, you know, the comfort that you need and the drive that you need and you, you feel good about your relationship. It sounds like the good, a good title for a book. Mm. Yeah. He needs nudity. I need romance. I love it. I think that's, uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. So. <laughs> if you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. Today, I have my husband Charles with me in the studio. Mandy is off and about on a shopping spree. We'll just say that because it sounds fun. <laughs> we're talking about our natural tendencies, the way that we're wired and how different that is. We've discussed me being emotion driven. Um, Charles is visually motivated. Mm -hmm. Now, this may be opposite in your relationship. Um, I actually can think of a few friends where, you know, this is the opposite thing. So whatever it is that is wired for you, whatever the topic is, however it's different, we just want to give you a few key tips and examples on how to make that work in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so every single aspect of life, I'm compelled to talk through and process my emotions or feelings. Whether it's internal or with my husband or someone else, I have a deeply ingrained need to think through and eventually verbalize my emo emotions. This is a big deal. Right. The key word I want you to hear today, if you're listening, is verbalize. It's important because it's usually a tripping point for couples and relationships. Right. So, for example, Charles, my husband, he comes home after a long day, a whole week maybe, in a funk. Just a very difficult week. Even though I can visually see that you're upset, you're exhausted, maybe frustrated, whatever it is, you've gone through a lot. At some point, I'm going to need to verbally hear you speak it out. Right. And I am not wired that way. No. No, not even close, right? In fact, that's the last thing that my natural wiring wants me to do, right? And so I find that, you know, in addition to being wired differently, like, you know, visually and emotionally, this other way that we deal with stress is the way that we're wired and how we deal with stress is almost like polar opposites. It really is. You know, and it's um, early on in our marriage when you would seek that from me, like you would immediately want to talk, like mm -hmm. that would push me even further further away yeah because i'll just let everybody know real quick when, like if i'm like really stressed about whatever it could be a work thing could be a personal thing it could be you know an, an income thing or a money thing like i want to retreat and i need time mm -hmm. and i don't know how much time i just need it and mm -hmm. i need to be left alone i need to be secluded yeah probably in a dark place yeah uh or like very very little light you know you on the other hand you love like the bright lights, opening up windows. Like, I'm just like, I need no darkness, 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 you know? And you're like, let's bring some light in here as we get look at each other and talk about these things. And I'm like, I want to go further down in the cave and yes. I want to, you know, put, put a blanket over my head. Just stop talking to me, you know? And so this really drove a wedge, I think, early on in yeah. our marriage. 
and uh, and it it drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. It really did. Mm-hmm. And I know it drove you nuts. It yes. probably was like, why isn't he wanting to talk to me about these things? Yes. And I'm like, why does she keep chasing after me, wanting to talk to me about these things? Exactly. Right. And so I know that was something that we've really tried to work on. And I just had to learn that I am not naturally wired to communicate. And, and then maybe like, um, especially not initially. Yeah. You know, um, I'm wired to, I want to think things out. Um, I would like peace and quiet when I'm trying to think things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily want to even tell you that. Mm-hmm. That was probably the biggest thing. It wasn't that you weren't willing to hear that I needed that. I just wasn't even able to communicate or verbalize that I needed that. You know, And so that was probably one of the biggest obstacles of overcoming our natural wiring differences. Uh, early on. Well, and it sounds really difficult. It sounds like what would work for me is we sit down and we have this long involved conversation and talk about why your week is terrible and ways that we can pray through that and things that we could do practically. And two hours later, we leave and we high five and it's amazing. (laughs) And yes, I would like that. But I know that that makes no sense for you, nor is it something that would benefit you in that moment. And so what I realized and what we kind of figured out is that I need verbal affirmation that I'm right about your mood and where it stems from. Right. I need confirmation that I'm not the source of your mood. <laughs> right, right. And I need validation that everything is eventually going to be okay. Those are the three big points for a lot of people and a lot of women. Those three, three things, it's like um, a soothing balm right. to my soul. <laughs> like literally, it's like, oh, I can breathe again. My chest can open up and everything's going to be okay. And it just gives us both the mood and the, the calmness and takes the tension out of the room immediately. So what does that look like practically? It's not that long conversation no. that I would like. What I have learned is that it's really you saying something like, Kim, it's rough at work right now. I need some space. I love you. I appreciate you understanding. Right. And I have, originally, I thought that you really wanted to talk the whole time, like immediately. Right. And maybe you did, but that's just one of the compromises that we've kind of This developed. is where we've come together. Right. This yes. is where we've come together. And so, and I didn't know it was that easy. I didn't know that that's all I needed to say to make it okay for you to kind of give me that time in my little dark space. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just want to solve it. I want to get it done with. I right. want to, you know, even though I'm home, my mind is still elsewhere trying to fix this. I, I have a hard time. Um, turning it off. Yeah. You know, when I come in through the door, yeah, I'm in a different physical environment, but my brain is still elsewhere and sure. I'm still like, I might even have like a weird look on my face when I come through the door. Yeah. Um, and so just knowing that about what you, what you just told me and what you, how you communicated that is I've learned to, even though that's not still my natural tendency to be wired this way, if I could come home and tell you I've had a, a, an extraordinary day, you know, a day in which I'm going to like, I've, if emotionally i don't feel like i'm in a good place yeah but if you could just give me some time to kind of get over it mm-hmm. um maybe work on some things and then i'll come in we can talk about it later mm-hmm. and then you give me that time that has made a world of a difference and let me just say right here because i think it's really cool god's grace and his knowledge of how a relationship is meant to be and how he designed it when i do that Eventually, you come around and you want to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. You're like, and not from me pushing you or asking you. Like, you just show up in the kitchen one day or we're sitting on the couch and you just open up and we have this great conversation, the one I was craving, when the time is right. Right. And so me giving you that space and understanding that's how you're wired and you understanding how I'm wired, 
and so- giving me that soothing balm in the moment, mm-hmm. then we get to the point where we both get what we need. Yeah. And even, and in, this is, you know, not, I didn't even know, like I needed these kind of like long, good conversations because those end up, you know, I, I, at first I thought like, oh, okay, I'm compromising and now I'm going to get a chance to really talk to you because I'm thinking this is what you need. Right. But reality is like, I needed it too, yeah. you know, and I'm so grateful to have a spouse that has uh, the patience to give me that time, number one. And then also to be understanding later on when we do talk about it, that we are solution driven. We're just not talking about feelings. Like we actually are talking about, you know, how can we alleviate some of the stress or whatever yeah. the, whatever the stressor is, yeah. you know, cause the stressor is still there. Yep. It's just now we get a chance to deal with it when we're both, you know, aligned and we're both kind of like, you know, come to this great middle part, yeah. you know, and that, then, then that speaks to more of like, you know, your love language and that sort of thing. And then that just kind of strengthens our bond as a, as a married couple as well. So these polar opposites coming together, it is going to take a lot of give and take. Identify your wiring. What is your go-to? Are you one that wants to talk things through? Are you one that wants to retreat? And what are the triggers? Come up with an action plan. Short Mm -hmm. sentences like to soothe me or I need time away. I need to go fishing, you know, once a month or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Figure out an actual plan. And then do it and then do it again because it may not work the first time. It probably won't. It's like everything. Practice, practice, practice adjust adjust you will change and then always pray for sensitivity to your spouse's needs um that god would just give you grace and patience and pray for space to talk these things through yeah um just for our wrap-up segment we are wired differently and that's okay do not expect your spouse to be you and figure out your natural tendencies and where you can meet in the middle and of course pray for wisdom and working through these differences thanks for being on the show today yeah thank you so much for having me i enjoyed it Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim every Saturday at 10 a.m. on AM 630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Next Talk.